Thanks for joining us again on Marketing Careers Uncovered. So today I'm joined by Ashley Kate McCann. Uh, Ashley Kate, she's an entrepreneur with bagfuls of commercial marketing experience. And what's really, really interesting here, and I'm sure we'll get into as our conversation unfolds, she's worked across quite a wide variety of industries and sectors, and also right from the startup world to multinational corporations as well. So thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, dear. Nice to be here. Yep. No problem. Uh, so, shall we just dive right in? Can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing right now? Yeah, uh, no worry. So, right now, I'm working for a big, large multinational corporation, um, an energy company, um, as my day job. On the side, I have my own business. Um, so, I work with small uh, business owners to help them with the marketing. And we're, I also have a B2C business. Um, it's called The Lava Company. And um, we're due to launch end of this year. It's a health and wellness company and um, keep an eye on that. And I also have a nice newsletter on LinkedIn, which is I only started a couple of weeks ago and it's got quite a decent response. So I'm pleased with that. And what kind of things are you talking about on your on your newsletter? Just give us a bit of the flavour. Yeah, so I, I, I love writing. And I wanted to do something that sort of I, I love reading business articles and marketing articles and also ones on productivity and mental health. So it's it's all those three things combined, really. Um, I don't want to restrict myself to one thing um, or another because all those various topics inspire me. So it's a bit of marketing, a bit of business, general, entrepreneurial, a bit of tech. One of the things I'm always keen to understand from everyone that I talk to here is, yeah, in terms of um, in, in terms of your journey, how did you get into this this whole space? Yeah, so I started off in this space doing my own thing really, um, as an influencer slash blogger way back. I say before it was cool, way back before it is the industry that it is now, um, and I had a a small but engaged audience of people. Um, who interacted with my, with my blog it was a um, lifestyle wellness blog um, but that blog honestly has helped me in so many jobs that I've applied for people have been interested but really it's helped me with so many skills you know SEO content marketing community building social media that was really sort of my entry um, into that um, in terms of my own business um, the lava company I at the moment the the market for health and wellness is just going crazy and um, a lot of people are focusing on that more so I'm really seeing the market opportunity for that increase and I really think it's important to get into that space and then on the newsletter side I just enjoy writing and I just needed a way to express myself. And how long were you um, how, long, how long were you running that, um, that that blog for? Is it something you still do now? Oh no god um, I, I mean a lot of if you look at a lot of influencers and youtubers and things when they look back in their original um videos or posts they are so embarrassed and I look back at it and go oh that was very of the time so I started it around 2011 2012 and I did it for I'd say four or five years um and I, I loved it um but it's you know the way the uh, influencer space was going you really need to share more of your life more personal life I felt um, and I didn't want to do that I'm a very private person so I sort of slowly moved away from it um and you know made it a bit defunct and deleted mostly everything on it um so and that's why I'm doing the newsletter now because I miss that sort of writing uh, but I don't have to share as much of my personal life because it's more business orientated area 
it's a fantastic proving ground though isn't it to really uh, you know put a lot of what we talk about in theory into into practice you know how you how you how you write how you position things how you well how, how you can actually you know, construct that um that's that front end you know lots and lots of different marketing skills being pulled at um pulled at there to get something out so it's not just the writing is it no and you know when i think about it a lot of it is the core principles of marketing you know uh what's your positioning you know what is what makes your area your blog whatever it is different to other people's you know because it was it was then and it is even more now a very saturated market so what makes you different to all the other people out there you know you need to find your own um positioning statement you need to understand your audience what's your audience interested in what kinds of things they're going to be interested in now and then ongoing and the, even just in terms of building the social following and the community where are your communities how do you best engage with them socially so I didn't I didn't used to put it on my CV um but I, I started doing it because I mentioned it to people um maybe in an interview and a lot of people seem incredibly excited about it because I think they got the amount of skills that were being used so I've started to um I, I put it in and people really get it um and get get the range of skills you can get within it and especially particularly if you're yeah at a much earlier stage in your career where you yeah you end up yeah i've talked a lot to people about the experience paradox where yeah you don't have quite the level of experience to go into some roles but then how do you gain the experience to move into um to, to move into roles and that whole sort of push um that whole push pull so well yeah doing something like that i can absolutely see um see loads loads of benefit other than uh, yeah pure enjoyment it actually helping people take that next step in the in, in a career oh, honestly you've hit on a really good point i think what pushed me to do this and has sort of pushed me to have this general attitude in my life is so as you can tell i've got a northern irish accent so northern ireland has so many amazing things about it but it's got a very very tough job market you know even when i was um a student or you know uh, you know late teens it was really hard to get a job you know people people were looking for bar work and they were looking for six years experience in bar work and you think well how am I going to get six years experience if you don't give me the experience in the first place um so I I sort of I did the blog to sort of make my own luck give myself the opportunity to gain some skills um and I've taken that approach throughout my life it's all about um you know I, instead of waiting for someone to give me an opportunity I try and create my own luck and try and create my own opportunities where I can um and that that's the thread through lots of things I'm doing that's why I'm you know doing a business and um all kinds of things that I do I approach it that way there's a there's an author I follow he's, he's called uh, Matt Watkinson I will pop a link in the um in the description of this um of this pod actually and he talks quite a lot about your luck surface area and uh, the more for more you do in an outward facing manner the more people you talk to about what you're what, what you're doing actually luck isn't something that just happens by itself you can increase your luck surface area by by actually you know, being being very outward facing and you know, doing things like what you've just um, what you've just talked about i love that and you do find as you do that and you increase the luck surface area um you find people who are interested and 
things happen. You know, you meet people, you network with people, opportunities are created. It's amazing. It's almost like you attract those things your way by putting out as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you started out in terms of, you know, in the yes. implements of blogger space. What kind of work are you involved in involved in right now? Yeah, so at the minute I'm focusing on the commercial side of work. So I'm a commercially focused marketeer um, and I'm really particularly interested in linking what I'm doing, the activity that I'm generating and the strategies that I'm employing through others. Um, to how it impacts and improves business performance that's what gets me out of bed in the mornings having that tangible business impact that's what makes me see that what I'm doing and what I'm advocating for the business to do and that that fuels my passion essentially well and that's the bit that people care about right it's um it's what can what can marketing do and deliver for me my business it stops it starts it it ends there really doesn't it yeah, and look, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm not one of those people that you think you can track every single activity to your return on investment. You know, there's multiple ways of um, tracking things and multi-attribution um, tactics and things like that. I'm, I'm never, I'm not one of those pure, you know, send an email, how many customers did I get kind of marketers. But I think if you take an inter, if you look at an integrated marketing campaign, how does that whole strategy? fuel what the business wants you to achieve because as you said that is why we're here we're here to help fuel revenue so was marketing something you always wanted to do no honestly um i actually wanted to do law so i wanted to be a judge um a solicitor and then a judge um but i in saying all of that, I knew I was always interested in business. I always wanted to do something related to business. I absolutely loved watching The Apprentice on TV. Obviously, you know, not for their behaviour, which is quite unprofessional, um, not not a conducive working environment, but really for the love of making something, selling something that I've always loved. I think I went down the law route because it's a, you know, you can see what the path would be. But honestly, at heart, I think I've always been more of an entrepreneur and a business person. It depends what series you started watching The Apprentice, because I, I remember, gosh, I feel old now. I remember when it first started mm. and yeah, there were a few jack and a few bit pieces of un- unprofessional behaviour. But it was genuinely a show about entrepreneurs, whereas now it's, yeah, the the individuals that they seem to get on are sort of almost caricatures of themselves, really. Like it's a TV show at the end of the day, and if there wasn't um, that element, would it be entertaining if everyone was just getting on nicely? You know, possibly not. But um, yeah, it it has evolved over time. I yeah, I can see what you're saying. No, there is there is something incredibly satisfying watching um, Karen Brady absolutely skewer um, <laughs> piss poor business plans. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So going into marketing and taking that um, taking that left turn off the um, off the track to law, what was your first um, what was your first role? Well, in apart from marketing, I've done lots of kind of jobs. I I'm a grafter. I'm happy to work in any different way. I was cleaner, worked in coffee shops. I've done all those terrible jobs. But my first role in marketing was 
the influencer blog. That, uh, that's what I say it is, because as much as it's nice to work with somebody else, that really was proper marketing, you know, creating that um, engaged base of users. Um, yeah, that, that's what I say my first role is. And from that, from that particular point, did you have a let's call let's call it a career path did you have any sort of marketing career path in mind or were you just sort of seeing where this um where this took you gosh I would love to say yes because that would make things a lot more um clear and easy to follow but I decided you know I was always trying to find what would my career path be how would I get A B C D E? and um, but I actually met someone who really made a big impact on my life they were um, an entrepreneur they owned their own business and they were you know very experienced person who was also doing a history degree and an English degree just for fun and she'd done so many different things in her life and I just thought that's what I'm going to do I'm not going to pick one or the other or go you know this is the correct path it's I'm going to see where things go I think the thread that I have throughout my career is being a generalist and um, deciding to keep lots of skills sharp because the way the industry and the way the world is going is I believe that the best thing you can do is to be able to learn and have lots of different skills because ultimately things become can become defunct and um, that's every time I've you know gone into a job I've gone right how can I add value here? How can I get the most out of this? Okay, now what do I want my next job that I don't want to replicate here? Or, you know, how can I, I want to learn X, Y, Z skill. How can I make that skill happen? That's, I sort of take it, you know, almost job by job or um, ultimately I want to run a company either um, in a big corporation or my own. And what skills do I need to make that happen? And what skills have you found have been the most helpful in in terms of making that happen honestly you know with marketing you can get lots of skills in terms of you know seo content writing digital marketing offline marketing you can learn a little bit about um, design principles but the skill that has really helped my career is stakeholder management and that's a thousand percent what has made the difference um the thing is, you know, once you've got a list of competencies, competencies like that can be learned. But how you navigate businesses, large or small, and deal with people and build relationships, in my opinion, is 80 percent of the job. And as you go up and up and up, I find it's just become more and more about the stakeholder management. Definitely. I, I've seen that time and time again where you know, I've worked with really, really technically competent people who absolutely know their onions but just can't quite um quite build and develop the right um, right relationships in the right way and yeah they've hit all sort of natural natural ceilings which is a shame yeah and when you think about it as well you know stakeholder management is almost marketing in a way like you're internally selling your ideas to people you're building those relationships which is what i feel marketing is about it's about building relationships with the end consumer so it's just another kind of in my opinion marketing skill um to have how did you develop those stakeholder management skills because it's not it's not like you'll wake up one morning and go do you know what i'm going to be really great at stakeholder management what was your approach there 
Yeah, good question. So, you know, you can read books on how to better engage with people. Um, and those are definitely something I would encourage people to do and something I would continue to do myself. But honestly, the, the stakeholder management skills I have learned are through other people. So I've had some excellent bosses in my time who have taught me so many things about how to manage stakeholders, how to um, build relationships, how to influence people. I've seen how they interact. I've seen how they answer questions. Um, and also just even I'm on a mentorship level. So some of my bosses have mentored me through situations. Um, and I've had mentors outside of work as well that have helped me navigate challenges. So I would say 90% of my skills have probably been learned by watching, observing and, you know, practical, practical um, hands on experience um, rather than book learning. The book learning has helped, but really the practical side has been the thing that's helped me improve my stakeholder management skills over time. And I imagine making mistakes along the way and having someone go, oh, oh, you might have wanted to do that a different way or oh, I, I, I might have. I might have positioned that slightly differently. You might have got a different outcome. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, I, I'm going to play in my culture. So people in Northern Ireland and the Northern Irish culture, people can be very, very direct. And what I've learned is that it's not always the best approach um, when you're trying to influence and win people over. Um, sometimes you need to softly, softly um, with people and um really take the time to understand them and you know find the best way to reposition how you're doing and what you're doing and how it's um advantageous for them rather than just doing and telling um that that has been my biggest challenge it, it's also my personality i'm a direct person um you know so how do you uh, keep the good things about your um natural tendency but also find ways to things that aren't necessarily so good how do you um overcome some of those things within yourself as well yeah because you've still got to be you right haven't you you can't edit yourself to the point where you know you betray absolutely every fiber of your being and walk you know walk around pretending you're something and someone you're not yeah and i've been working on i think this is the skill this is, goes back to the stakeholder management skills the skill that i've been working on um in, at this stage of my career over the last couple of years is really how do I bring an authentic part of myself to work how do I bring my most authentic self to work whilst also being the person that I need to be in the working environment um, and what I've um, leaned on a lot is my own morals so what kind of person do I want to be you know I want to be the kind of person that people want to work with who they enjoy working with actively want to work with me on a project so any you know how do I internally sell to them but also build those relationships so that they want to work with me and um, and then I can you know bring the aspects of my personality that leverage and nurture those relationships. Brilliant so I think we're in violent agreement here that stakeholder management is really really mm. super super important but I guess alongside that You've still got to have some of those sort of functional foundational skills to back that um, to, to back that up. How have you how 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 have you kept that, those wheels turning as you've um, as you've progressed? Yeah, totally. So I think with marketing, 
you know, every day is a learning day. Um, so much is changing within the market. I just I try and stay on top of all of the various skills. Every now and again, I'm checking in on, you know, SEO. What's the what's the deal with SEO at the minute? Because, you know, at one stage it was, um, you know, there was SEO hacking and backlinks on search engines and things like that. Really, you know, it's more about um, creating engaging content. Um, more than just trying to hack an algorithm so I really try and st- I, I read various news articles I follow different um, marketing influencers and I really try and understand how the market is changing over time and you know honestly every now and again I go in and dig around platforms and systems you know I you know on LinkedIn for example I've not personally managed LinkedIn ads in a in a while in a big multi-corporation you know that would be something a team member would do or an agency would do but every now and again I go in and poke around and see what what there is to try and just keep some of those skills sharp you know I've I've met marketeers who are excellent um, and have lots of experience but they don't necessarily understand and necessarily have the sharp skills of all the various different um, tactics but I, I really want to actively try and overcome that um, so reading about it and then sometimes doing the practical side of it as well. I mean, one of the reasons I'm doing the newsletter is I think email marketing and newsletter marketing super interesting, the way it's continued to thrive and grow. And um, even though people hate receiving emails they don't want to receive and there's there's potentially a general. Um, there can be some people can feel quite against that kind of marketing, but it still works. So I try and practically. Um, keep on top of my skills and you you did an MBA as well didn't you because you don't have enough going on <laughs> yes I did do an MBA um you know what um that's another reason um another way for me to um hold my skills absolutely um I'm so glad I did it um I didn't do it just to take a box I did it to really learn stuff and I had people say, don't bother, like you'll learn more on the job than you will on MBA. But I absolutely refute that, not just because I spent the money and the time on it, but you absolutely can't get that kind of environment where you're constantly pushing for deadlines and you're constantly learning new topics on top of your day job. Like that's just something, you know, day to day, I wouldn't have spent 16, 20 hours extra a week on top of my day job learning something. So when you spend all that time learning something you're and, and investigating and researching, you're you're just going to learn. I think the way I um, also try and keep my skills up is continuously doing it. So, um, you know, your brain is elastic. It's a muscle that needs to be exercised. Um, when I started my MBA, I found it really tough because after working for so long, you used to um so I read a book called by Daniel Kahneman which a lot of people have read um which is thinking fast and slow and in your work in your day-to-day you're thinking fast you're making decisions you know there's notifications popping up so you're used to that sort of way of thinking but with the MBA it was about slow thinking it was about more deep work it was more about reading an article and really understanding a topic so I really had to sort of get into that mindset again after being out of full-time education for such a long time and but I kept the skills so I kept that deeper thinking mindset but also the fast thinking Um, and that's kept me I feel it's kept me sharp one thing I think is really important is a learning mindset learner mindset and a growth mindset which is about 
the understanding that you will always be learning, you will always be growing. And how can you find opportunities to optimise and improve projects that you're doing day to day and, and yourself? And if you make lots of minor um, improvements and optimizations, then you're just growing and growing as time goes on. really clear that yeah you've had quite a um, quite a varied very interesting career could you pull out for us you know a couple of um couple of things that you're probably most proud of or, or high points if you will yeah so in terms of high points um one of the coolest job I've done is when I was a product marketing manager at Hitachi High Tech which was right in the middle of my MBA um, but I was given the opportunity to take on a brand new product line, new technology. And this was all during COVID. Um, and basically, the approach that I took with this was to really understand this customer. So this customer was totally different to the customers that we'd had in the past. Um, I used some great tools and resources. So one of them was HBR's 30 Elements of Customer Value. And I worked with the experts in the field, um, so sales, product, um, to really understand the customer viewpoint. Um, and from this foundation, helps this helped create the right marketing strategy. Um, and from that strategy, then lots of cool tactics could be activated. So one thing we realized with this customer base was that they were really motivated by information access to new techniques and they were more interested in innovating rather than saving cost and um, and from there we created a campaign that really positioned ourselves as innovators and um, and we were able to showcase a unique feature we had which i don't know about you but i it's not often happens in b2b a lot of what you sell is sort of same as whereas we had a really unique feature that we knew our customers would be interested in we created a thought leadership and education focused strategy for our customer base. And, you know, at the time when we made the plans, we had planned speaking events and events. And because of COVID, of course, everything was cancelled. Um, but that was fine. So what we did was we moved to webinar. And the webinar side of things was really, really successful. And um, Lots of people were interested in joining us and um, we were overwhelmed by how many people were actually interested. Um, so it could have just been that it was the right time to release those kinds of release that kind of tactic. Um, the webinars were amazing as well, because within the webinar, we were able to ask qualifying questions, create marketing contacts. Um, and we used, pulled on lots of different tactics to really create this huge um, integrated campaign that really pushed um, sales enablement and really helped create that commercial success. Um, so that's something I'm super proud of. And I worked with some amazing people. Um, you know, I had um, some really good colleagues. So Matt Kreiner, Christelle Pettyote, um, and, and an amazing boss, um, Verity Orange, who really supported me through that. Um, so big thank you to them um, to help that move forward. Um, in terms of high points as well, um, I would say this is more of a general point, but some of the high point in my career is that I've had um, amazing bosses. So I read very early on in my career that something that a lot of people advised was that you choose your boss. 
So having a boss obviously makes such a big impact to your career and your life and your day to day. And I have been so lucky to have some amazing, amazing bosses who really helped me grow and who really advocated for me um, and really mentored me. You know, um, and without them, I certainly wouldn't be where I am today. So big thank you out to them as well. So one thing I just wanted to just rewind a little bit and dig in, dig into, because I think it's often the case when we when we look back and you know talk about those achievements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's 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 certain pieces which probably sound easier than they were in, re- in reality. Yeah, your point about you know, realizing and noticing that your customer base was motivated more by innovation than cost savings. How, how did you how did you make that assertion and sort of and read the um, and, and read the customers so to speak? Honestly, you know, using that HPR um, thirty elements model. So, if, for anyone's interest, if you look at the model, it it's a triangle of various different um, categories. So, functional needs, emotional um, needs, you know, um, light, you know impact needs so it's it it breaks down the elements of value and what I really did was go through each of those elements and and created a little bit of a it's a triangle and I created little dots and created a bit of a Christmas tree so you know um for example one of the emotional um element one of the areas is the um, in the elements of value is emotional so how do our customers emotionally respond to um, the solutions that we can provide them right so within that is reducing anxiety okay uh, does our product help do, do reduce that anxiety yes or no so really breaking it down by all of those different categories help create this picture of what motivated them um which honestly that that was the the base of moving our strategy forward and Without that, I don't think I think we would have got there eventually, but it really accelerated our understanding of the customer. And you touched upon sales enablement as well, which is mm-hmm. often overlooked, but incredibly powerful piece of the puzzle, too. I mean, totally. So for me, as a commercially focused marketeer, it's not just about return on investment for the money that we spend. It's how you really engage with the sales and um, part of the organization because we're all on the same team we're team revenue how do we help sales sell more so when you've got an engaged sales team who agree with the kind of materials you're producing and they've got the right information to hand they're able to sell um so with that they needed more technical documentation and they wanted a an easy way to engage with customers and invite customers to something or something that would be easy and interesting for customers to um engage with which is where the webinars came in and we created brochures for them that broke things down and and you know various different types of um technical non-technical information and all of those things all those assets that we created really helped create that successful strategy Brilliant. So not everything goes absolutely swimmingly throughout our careers, do they? Um, in terms of you know, things that haven't quite gone so well, are there any any particular points and stories that you've got you got to pull out there? In terms of the low points, I would say one of the worst things that has happened is that we we let a customer down. So 
for context, what happened was we were trying to save budget. We were looking at a new videography company and we needed to do lots and lots of video photography that year. Um, and I also recommended this company who came in and sold themselves really well to another marketeer within within the place I was working at the time. And both of us together taking the videography company on helped us to save cost. And unfortunately, um, um, everything was going well on our end, but um, the company really let the other marketeer down and they had a shoot plan with the customer um, and they just didn't turn up. Um, they came to shoot at our venue, but it, they didn't edit the venue. And we, we had video files that we needed to use, but um, we weren't able to fully use them. And it just it just caused this whole knock on effect because it was a case study, because it was with the customer, that because the video quality wasn't good and you've got very limited time to work on these kinds of projects and take up space in the customer venue. It just created such a nightmare because of this um, this one supplier. And honestly, that year we had just so many problems with different video suppliers that we were working with. Um, and it got to the point where, you know, there was so many, you know, I tried to get a second company to fix it. And then they weren't um, amazing either because the, the videos that the first company took weren't great. It was this whole ball of issues um, that just was ongoing. And honestly, at that point, we just had to sort of leave the project to cool off because, you know, the customer was expecting a video and then it wasn't good. and we just we didn't want to you know harm any potential sales opportunities so the sales team sort of said or the marketing team has lots of approvals to go through um and we really had to leave a good amount of time but so it didn't create an issue with the account um usually these kinds of things i've done lots of these things before they can really accelerate um, a sales relationship and um, and you know the customer feels great they've got a case study they've got something to say they've done internally and for their own career but at this point, this just wasn't going well. So we really had to sort of distance ourselves from the project. So I would say, luckily, that's the worst thing that's ever happened. Um, because there's so many things that could could be worse than that. But that's something that I think, oh, I really wish I'd approached that differently. You know, used a more trusted supplier um, for those particular instances, at least. And you probably ended up spending more money in the long run, didn't you? Yeah, we did. We, we did. We did. And the, honestly, the hassle and everything else, the money that we saved, we were trying to save budget and, you know, cost saving, return on investment. We're trying to do all that. And the money we saved, we ended up spending more um, than or the same as what we would have paid before. Or, or you know, it was a nightmare. Um, so sometimes you trying to save money with a company that's new can be a big risk. and um, since then what I've done is I've approached taking on a new supplier and applied appropriate risk um a risk analysis to the situation um rather than you know going head first and trying to um save money new supplier high potential customer that's something I wouldn't do again yeah definitely a lesson here about sort of cost versus value and yeah. sort of longer term thinking as um as, as well yeah so so on that on that sort of vein of you know approaching things differently reflecting back on uh, you know, where you are now is there anything else you would uh, you would approach or do differently yeah um yeah so i've been taking on stock recently about this and i definitely think that i started off my career you know really building and trying to achieve but honestly at the expense of myself 
Um, and if I could do the last 10 years differently, I would absolutely prioritise my personal well-being over what I perceive to be business needs. When you're not feeling great and you're not doing your best, you're not necessarily approaching every situation in the right way. So or the best way that you could with a clear mind and a, a neutral mindset. And I would absolutely prioritise myself um, and my personal wellness over anything else. I, so that I can bring my best self to work, essentially. Um, the other thing I would do would be to get a mentor earlier. So I would really try and find someone, connect with someone on LinkedIn who really understands marketing and really understands how to engage with stakeholders because we touched on that before that's quite a challenging area to learn and um, through books it's more of a practical learning um uh skill so i would get a mentor earlier and if anyone wants help and um, i'm happy to mentor people and um, i'm happy to bring people up because people have helped me and um, move along but i would absolutely get a mentor earlier just to help navigate some of those tricky situations I think especially individuals who are, you know, if you're the only marketing person, you know, in a business, it can be really, really hard to get that additional mm-hmm. perspective from from somebody, as you say, gets that, um, gets marketing and um, and the whole sort of that stakeholder management um, piece. It can be a bit lonely being the only marketer sometimes, you know, when you don't have people around you that necessarily understand everything you're trying to achieve in your skill set, you sometimes... Yeah, you're right. You can lose sight of how things work or, you know, some of the problems you have, especially being the only marketeer, because I've done that before, is that you're having to internally sell and you're getting pushed back. But it's that's actually quite normal. And having someone, like you said, to give you a different perspective, an outside perspective to try and normalise some of the challenges you're having absolutely would help. Or even understanding how to appropriately challenge mm. you. We've all had crap ideas from yeah. um, from from senior colleagues where yeah. you go, yeah, and one can't just always turn and go, that's a crap idea. You have to sort of rebut it and pull it apart with with questions. And unless you build and build that skill and know and understand how to how to do that, you just end you can end up becoming a bit of a yes person, can't you? Yeah, totally. So you know, gosh. You, you make a point about other people having um, bad ideas, which is true. But, you know, I myself have probably had, and I know I've had, terrible ideas as well. So having someone to mentor you through how to unpack and sell your own ideas and really think them through, but also unpack and sell or trying to redirect someone else's or and your own bad ideas can only be helpful. next for you well um I'm trying to spin a lot of plates um I love spinning a lot of plates the more busier I am the happier I am um so in terms of uh in a summary I'd like to move up in a large corporate manage a large team I really enjoy coaching people I really want to continue to do that um and uh, personally I'd love to get my business to be really self-sufficient and really expand the product lines and in terms of your you know, self-development, mm-hmm. uh, more work to do there. How are you how are you approaching that? 
Yeah, um, so in terms of working for others within a company, so I would really love a business leadership role and I'd love to have responsibility for a P&L. Um, and how I'm approaching that at the moment is through building a business and like, you know, really ex- also expanding my experience in commercial marketing. So I'm trying to get lots of exposure to lots of different industries and sectors because the more exposure you have, the more skills you have, the more, you know, knowledge is power. The more you know, the better it is. Um, as a marketeer, um, you know, you know, going down the marketing route, you know, I just want to take on bigger teams and really work in a way that really makes a large impact. You know, marketing differs to sales in terms of its scale and the impact across the organisation. And that's what I, the one thing I really do love about the marketing space. And to really approach that, I'm just trying to add more strings to my bow. bow. So um, new markets. So I've worked in tech, I've worked in energy, I've worked in logistics. Um, every time I've done something different, I've learned more. Um, so just continue that approach. Um, as a business owner, um, what I'm trying to do is learn from the best companies out there. How do they approach their business decision making? You know, it's a totally different skill. In corporates, everything is slow. Lots of people are involved and not always great decisions. But when lots of people are involved, it really spreads the risk because lots of people come to a decision together. But when you're a business owner, you really live or die by your own sword. Currently, I'm reading Shoe Dog and I'm really learning about um, the approach there and how you need to overcome hurdles and be consistent and be tenacious um, and to always try and improve what you're doing. And I'm I'm trying to watch what others are doing. So, you know, what are they doing? What can I not do as well? Um, and really, as a business owner, one thing I want to do is try and keep true to myself. So how do I want to run them? Ultimately, I want to be a business owner because I really do want to create jobs for other people. And I really want a working environment that leads with empathy, gives people flexibility to live their own lives and really treats people with respect whilst making a healthy profit. So I really want to try and keep that mindset um, and and follow that path as it as the business does expand. So very much, you know, continuing to learn by learn, learn by doing and I guess going back to one of your previous points get spinning lots of plates but not at the expense of uh, mental well-being how, how do you anticipate balance how do you balance that one good question Dave don't get me wrong um I do have lots on my plate at the minute um but I'm looking at where I derive my energy so when I'm working on my own business, it doesn't make me tired. It doesn't make me stressed. I really get a lot of energy from that. So I'm not finding that it's impacting me in that way. But, you know, also, you know, taking regular breaks, you know, looking after yourself, engage, you know, having having close friends, engaging with them. Don't, you know, don't lose sight of those, that community that you have around you and get outside and go for a walk. You know, I'm, I'm trying to make sure that I have multiple touch points of, um, being outside, do a bit of business, you know, meet meet friends, do things, do things away from the business. Because the more you go away from things from your own business and your own job, I find I come back with better ideas and fresher ideas. So um, creating space um, and being a bit more, being disciplined with myself um, and being in touch, maybe being in touch with how I'm feeling. 
you know, is, is it too much this week to do X, Y, or Z? Yes, well then, time for a break. And what's, what's the sort of next big step for your, um, for your own business, but the lava company? So in terms of the lava company, my big ambition for that is to really be a health and wellness brand. You know, I touched on it earlier about how the health and wellness industry is just growing because people are prioritizing themselves, sleep, mindfulness, their general health. And I really want to create a company that enables that, create, helps create these moments where people can find more peace and feel better, sleep better. So that's my big ambition for that brand. Um, We've got a couple of products we're working on and we're just deciding which we're going to launch towards the end of the year. And if you want, Dave, I'm happy to provide an exclusive discount for your listeners, which can be updated in the description um, as it's launched. I I love a discount. Everyone else will love a discount. We'll have a discount. Thank you very much. Awesome. Awesome. Don't worry. So before before we say goodbye, um, I just wanted to close up on um, if you could tell us quickly sort of your best decision and your worst decision in your career. Yeah. Um, let's go for let's go for bad first, and then we can end on a high note. Does that sound good? Perfect. Yes. So I think you know I've st- I have been at fault with sticking with um suppliers that we've been working with for too long you know I've I've worked with people and agencies that just haven't been that nice to work with you know they've not made my team feel good and instead of you know biting the bullet and going through the process of taking another agency on and finding an agency that really works well with the team and I've I've sort of stuck it out and I really wish I hadn't I wish I'd just expended the energy because um more time was dedicated than needed to be and it would it would honestly have been less effort just to find someone else that would um work really well with us and the other thing that was bad is I, I definitely have stayed in some work environments too long um you know at this point of my life and career I'm definitely prioritizing a really good work environment and I've, I've had been in toxic work environments that have definitely benefited my career but um, there's, I look back and go, I should have left six months earlier. That was enough because it, it, I really was impacting how I was feeling. Um, and it takes a long time to overcome things like that. So I would definitely be more cautious about the work environments I'm in and also leaving as soon as um, it's not good for me. In terms of good decisions, um, definitely choosing some amazing bosses. Um, and I... I it's not that I've chosen them they've decided to let me work for them but I've I've definitely said yes to people um based on how I felt like they would be like to work for and I've been so lucky that they've chosen me and then you know I've accepted the role so in a way I've chosen them I've also chosen companies that have based on how they treat people so you know sometimes you go to interviews and you know people you know they want someone with exactly five years experience in a particular industry and they won't look at someone who doesn't have exact criteria they need and I just think that's so silly you know I I really want to work for companies that have people with open minds and people who understand skills are transferable like some I've heard had people speak in a derogatory way about people that have worked in customer service and I just totally disagree with that I've worked in customer service roles and in those roles I have learned things that I keep with me today so I I like working for people that really get 
that you know you don't need to have xyz box ticked um before you can work somewhere um but really focusing on how companies and bosses treat people i think that's i've, I've prioritized that i'm going to prioritize it even more um and i think that's been helpful for me brilliant well thanks ever so much for coming on again i uh, really appreciate that and look forward to hearing all about your uh, your new ventures in uh, in good time Oh, thanks, Dave. Thank you so much for having me. It was so nice to have such an interesting discussion. And um, thanks for letting me be part of your co-podcast. Cool